This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Goal! Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And it's a goal! It's to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! again and joining me is terry hello terry how's the summer treating you <laughs> hey rich off my bow, i was just lamenting to you about how much summer annoys me or well, this summer is annoying me purely because <laughs> the weather is rubbish everyone else is on holiday and i'm not etc etc but just you wait rich just you wait until that week in september when all the schools have gone back yeah and everyone's back in the zone and i'll yeah. bother off for two weeks oh yes you please. last 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 loudest yeah, exactly. No, I've, I've had many a September, and then they grow up, and then you can't lift them out of school because they they don't like that. They don't like that. The kids love it. <laughs> no, exactly. But the schools, they don't like it. Something that wasn't an issue when we were younger in my, in our day, the glory is. Yeah, I just I just remember being taken out of school literally for anything, <laughs> uh, particularly particularly QPR away in the in the League Cup. You've got a dentist appointment again, again, yeah, really? Another one, another one. I missed school for only one game, and it wasn't Swindon. It was England three, Portugal nil. 
and it was a brilliant one Shearer double showing them lovely stuff but the funny thing was I went well I didn't go with friends but some of my friends went in a separate party and they went to school and when we were pulling up to the old Wembley they crossed the road as we were going past so I don't know how they did it but they beat us so worth every (laughs) (laughs) worth every minute of missing school that's for sure so Terry in in Swindonland we've got quite a lot to talk about shall we get straight to it let's do it cool well we, we drew with Eastley last weekend in the Hampshire rain I know how much you hate that that British summertime weather, even though we had like a whole month of glorious sunshine. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a distant memory, Rich. It's a distant memory. It's a distant memory. Much like this game, really. Uh, <laughs> several days after recording this on the Wednesday evening, so I was at that one. Went with a friend of the pod, Simon. It was an absolute delight. And there's not really much to talk about in terms of the game because I think pretty much everyone has, has made the same observation. I'm not going to talk about, you know, the minutiae of the performance. There was some decent there was a decent displays. I like Dan Kemp. I think he looks good. That much is true. But I think what everyone is saying is is about right. Our eleven looks sound, not perfect, but sound. And then once we start taking them off, like we did against Eastley, we were 2-0 up and coasting we start making a lot of changes and it just falls apart a little bit and I guess my biggest concern with the fringe is that over the summer they just haven't had enough time with the better players I have a real issue with the with the take that our starting 11 is good um purely because everything everything that exists in terms of evidence suggests the opposite um, if you look at if you look at our, we were the we we were the worst team in the in the division from November the first to the end of the season. So to suggest that that group of players is good or, or good enough to compete is is basically saying that you expect Michael Flynn to be the difference maker and turn a squad that was ultimately twenty third twenty fourth in the division and make them competitive. And I'd. I'd, I'd We'll we'll see how it plays out with with Michael Flynn in charge, but I don't think he's a miracle worker. Um, so I was very much coming into the summer, particularly off the uh, off the now infamous quotes from Rob Angus in the in the in the program notes, looking forward to us putting four, five, six pieces onto the chessboard that that, that would make us genuinely compete, and and that's just not happened. So we. For me, the the starting eleven from last year should become, you know, four or five of those should become support fringe, call it whatever, whatever you want. We need we need a group of seventeen or eighteen first choice pros, right? We know that, um, and I just don't think we're there. And it, and it's been a it's been a super frustrating preseason. It's been, it's been one of the one of the least enjoyable preseasons for a long time. Not really because of what the club are doing, but because of the, the constant, constant sort of narrative and and counter narrative that, that we just have to. That it just feels like we're bombarded with continuously, and and, and frankly, I, I just want it to start so that if we are rubbish, we know we're rubbish and we can moan about it properly, rather than rather than moaning about what we think might happen, which feels like where we are at the moment. If that makes sense, it does make sense, and I agree that. 
we're not <laughs> you've noticed my 442 prediction uh which was mm-hmm. yes. which was which i had to submit well into you know well it was may i think where i have to submit that and i guess i have the uh, the program notes in my mind at that point and i think even in the quietest of summers you usually have four five six signings at this stage 26th of july so to have two loan signings and no permanent the only team in the division without a permanent signing at this moment in time i guess that that i didn't expect that we're putting a lot of faith in michael flynn to get a note out of the current first 11 it, it functions it's sound but at the end of the game our core back three our center backs was tom brewett harrison minton and sonny hart which whoa that is not good enough <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it was shown you know you know i know tom brewett has plenty of fans but he wasn't good against Bristol City and he wasn't good against Eastleigh either. But he, he's one of these players that a lot of fans have, have latched onto. So when he does something, he always gets a round of applause. You know, over the years, there's always players that have that. It doesn't matter what position they play, but whatever they do gets gets praise. Well, everybody else just gets on with it. Rashan Hepburn Murphy, I'm, I'm going to put a lot of faith in. So expect him to join Wrexham or, uh, or get injured because I do think he he looks like a threat. I don't know, man. And I, I, I do agree. But my, my biggest concern is definitely the fringe because Ronan Darcy looks way off it. Jake Wakelin looks way off it. And Jake Kane, has, has he ever looked on it bar one great goal at the end of the season? So, and and well, Tommy Adeloy, he's taken to Eastleigh and he doesn't even get a, a few minutes, which is classic football bomb out tactics. Take them around, but don't play them. That that's straight out of the uh, the playbook. Just make them run in the rain after. Yeah, just brutal. Just like do the cool, do the warm up and the cool down. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Rich. It's it's the, the the lack of quality is is super worrying. Um, I guess the the added the added sort of layer to that is realistically, I think no one believes we have a competitive budget anymore, despite despite us being told we do, um, I think we, we are very much in the in in the in the one in one out scenario. And you know, this is guessing, of course, but if we're not, then what's stopping us really making sort of four or five strong additions? And I, you struggle to see how that 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 fringe that aren't capable of, of impacting the first team consistently, where are they gonna go? They're, they're they're all they're all under contract for at least this season. Where are they going to go? Like, you know, we only we signed Jake Kane in in January. Like, it, I I don't particularly think he should be. He's a particular concern. I I, I think that he he deserves a bit of a chance. But if you just take him as an example, like, where where is he going? Are we going to get to a situation where? The week before this, the week the week before the deadline closes, we're moving four, five, six of these lads out onto national league loans but covering half their wages and you know it just it feels for absolutely no one's fault apart from our own completely chaotic last minute uh scrimping and 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 wheeling dealing treating players badly hit left right center it just doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good does it and we keep getting told 
oh, you know, the, the market's inflated, the market's inflated. Well, sorry, guys, like the market's the market. <laughs> like, that the, the, the whole idea that, well, we have to wait for the market to correct. Like, no, that just means you don't buy anything, right? We've seen this with houses, which is a bit of a weird analogy, but if you, you know, so many people you, you, you sort of speak to, they go, oh, we're, we're going to wait to buy until the market corrects. No, the market's the market. You want to compete. You want to go and get players that are going to have an impact at the top end of this division. You're going to have to beat one of Wrexham, Bradford, Gillingham, Mansfield, Notts County, Forest Green. The list goes on, right? Walsall, whoever, to, to, to get that player. And if, you, if you're not willing to do that, you will just get players who aren't capable of competing at the top end of this division. And, and it's as simple as that. And that very much feels like where we are. That very much feels like where we are. And that's really concerning. It is. And we, we will go back into the transfer market. Um, one last point on the Eastley game and an observation I've had over the last couple of years. Uh, football fans are getting weirder, especially the non-league ones. Yeah. I mean, these... these <laughs> I saw these, this I saw this in your um, show notes and I was like, I can't wait to hear this take. Well, I mean, the, for, for this one, what we're seeing now with, with non-league crowds which is really good because people go into games and they want to generate an atmosphere but they're trying to turn these into almost like rivalry games there was literal fighting at Melksham um due to over boy boisterous 13 14 year olds that finally made a Swindon fan snap and there was a bit of windmilling in behind the goal when we went about five nil up you know that, that that's weird at from every angle. And in Eastleigh, there's a little similar pocket of fans, but this time older ones, just just like trying to generate something. And I think this time, winding Charlie Austin up when he when he put his penalty away, he sort of did a gesture at them. And then when you see social media after going, rattled him. <laughs> it's just like, it's a friendly, everybody. Come on, just calm down. It's going to be okay. But, oh my goodness. I, I, just, I just like... Friendly should be for just talking to your mate and there just so happens to be a game in front of you. That 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 is, if you're going to a friendly, that's what it should be like, nothing more. Yeah, 100%, Rich. For me, friendlies are about going on your own, standing as close to the dugout as possible and trying to eavesdrop into everything. That's how I love to enjoy friendlies. This is all just social media bollocks. Just, just, we've just raised a generation of narcissists, that's all it yeah. is. I think so. I think so. And there's plenty more of that later too with the uh, the Swindon Town online infighting that's been going on a lot this oh, summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, never been more glad to have taken a step back from all of that. And we've all within the pod done that consciously, especially on pod duties. But there were a couple of trialists for Swindon at Eastleigh. The first one, uh, Rashawn Rivaldo Scott, ex-Reading, end-of-season cameo. It was the only appearance he ever made for them back in 2022 against Luton. He's not had any loan spells. He looked all right, but it's hard judging trialists when the players around them just aren't really up to scratch either. I would have liked to have seen him play alongside some of our stronger players. And the other player that featured was the wonderfully named Brooklyn Genesini. Um, an ex-Bournemouth player. I think a lot of players have, a lot of fans, sorry, have um, thought he was somebody else. Um, this chap has had loan spells at Pool and a Danish side called Nestved, um, but he didn't look particularly up to it uh, in a defensive role. So there we go. We'll see what happens there. I think this week it would have been nice if they had a, 
behind closed doors or a friendly before the Plymouth game. Because we now find ourselves having not won a friendly since Melksham and no results aren't the be all and end all, but you always have one friendly to tee you up for a good for a good uh, start of the season. So if we get a good result against Plymouth, that will be that. But you know what fans can be like, Terry. You know it, it's not important, but uh, you know if we lose heavily to Plymouth, that will be used against the club. But also, I just I just don't know if we've played enough this summer. I don't know if enough of our players have played enough competitive or you know as competitive as it can be friendlies during during this summer I don't I'm gonna to have to average it and and check but maybe it's just because preseason has gone so quickly I'm just looking at the fixtures and you know Corsham and Hereford were write-offs and Bristol City was a little bit of a farce in many ways in my opinion and then we have the other few and then in the first two friendlies Flynn shrugs and he's like well, we've only just been together for a few days, so what do we take from it? And now here we are, heading for our last friendly against Plymouth. I seem to, I seem to recall sort of thinking very similar to last year as well. It, it feels like it's. I don't know whether it's a, a classic League Two thing. I've not done the research here, but it feels like our preseason is just really boring. <laughs> I think they I'm all really are League Two now. And the cheapest possible way of doing it. Like, that, that that's all it is, isn't it? It's like, how can we get through the next four weeks and get this group of players to be remote, semi-fit without spending a single penny on anything fun? <laughs> that, that is it, isn't it? Like, it's just... It is really... Not really... Again, it just comes back to... Like, what are you doing to engage the fans like excite the fans what are you doing to 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 create a buzz among your consumer base like we're doing nothing like nothing um we don't believe in marketing we've had we have we've got one home preseason game um no open training very little media until clem was smoked out of his cave uh this week <laughs> It's it's what's the book? I've never been so bored of this club. Mm. It's just fascinatingly boring. Pre pre season really does depend on your mindset, doesn't it? I mean, I know plenty of town fans that are just like, "This is cricket season." You know, wake me up when we get to game one, and that's perfectly fine. And then you get the other side who go to every single friendly, they, they love every second of it. They love seeing the trialists and then there's everyone in between. I, I think I'm in between where, you know, I'll go to a friendly if I can, but I'm not really bothered by, by some elements of it. And I'm certainly not in the mindset anymore of, you know, refreshing social media every five minutes to yeah, see what, the, what's the, going the transfer. on. Yeah, the, the transfer nonsense are the ones that drive me nuts. They, they, they <laughs> just they, they, there are there are football fans who aren't they? They're not fans of the club. They're not fans of the sport. They're just fans of transfers. Just people love transfers. Like yeah, this never used to be the case, did it? They are obsessed. People are obsessed for transfers. Like every like it's not just our fan base. It, again, it's just it's just weird. It's a very weird way of uh, of following of following a football club. I think. Just, just constantly demanding that we get that we that we change employees. 
and, and you know that's the case because when when you are sort of doing your sort of doom scrolling on social media, you're seeing responses and half of the people responding have no affiliation with your club whatsoever, but they just love getting involved in it. And it's, it's, it's very, it's very, bizarre, isn't it? and then people that just pretend they know everything about every single footballer. I'm just, you know, I've got a pretty good knowledge, but sometimes a team signs someone and everyone's like, wow. And I'm like, what are we seeing here? You know, this, you know, I'm, I'm seeing Oxford <laughs> we had, City. We had this. We had this. We had this even with our own rumours, right? And maybe we can segue into them now. Like, oh, Paul Downing, what a great signing he's going to make. You've never seen him play. You've yeah. never seen him play football. He hasn't played regular football since 2018. Like, you have never seen him play football. You've gone onto Wikipedia and gone, "Yep, that'll do." And then pretending that, 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 that he's going to be season-defining for him. Let's spin the rumour mill a little bit. Yeah, you're quite right. Uh, Paul Downing was seen in the background of some training pitches. He didn't feature at Eastleigh. And I would say that's probably understandable because the guy hasn't played since April 2022 whilst on loan at Rochdale. Um, you know, in terms of his credentials, sound, you know, former Walsall, MK Dons, Blackburn, Portsmouth. But <laughs> over the last three seasons, 11 EFL appearances out of a possible 138 during his Portsmouth career. And as as you as you rightly point out, he, he hasn't played regular football since 2018 and hamstring injuries have plagued him ever since. We've already got players like that. We don't we don't want more. You know, you can play 500 games, but if you're not capable of playing that often over the last three years, I don't think we have that magic sprinkle dust to to survive that. And Reese Devine is evidence of this. Quite, yeah. Um, this was just such a sobering rumour, wasn't it? In terms of like, lads, the season starts in two weeks and this is who we're talking about. Like, no offence to Paul Downing. I've got no opinion of the fella, funnily enough. I don't recall him playing for Rochdale or Lone in April 2022. Like, but if, if it, like, come on, it hardly screams competitive budget, does it? No, I think that's 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 the uh, the hill that we're all going to sort of fight on, isn't it? That that what is competitive? One of the names that emerged in, on the rumor mill was courtesy of our old pal Alan Nixon, who provided the name Ryan Edwards, uh, who had just left Dundee United, a centre back, ex Morecambe, Plymouth, Blackpool. Um, the article itself said that there was interest from higher up and from the moment I saw this article and I, I'm pretty sure I put it in the chat it's either a, a, a heck of a coup well I say heck of a coup a lower league player returning to the lower league after a nice little jaunt up in Scotland but it felt like and Alan Nixon definitely has done this previously is attach a club to a player and see what other interest can can be whipped up um, to hurry things along. Definitely previous managers of Swindon Town used to reach out to Alan Nixon to get stuff out there to try and hurry things along. And unless this happens, and I think in more recent tweets, he's now rated this at, at like out of 10 as from seven being likely to happen down to four. So it, this one looks like it's fading away. Yeah, 
again, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that Ryan Edwards was going to be a great signing. He had a bit of an Angus McDonald feel to it, didn't it? A little bit. Um, we all know we all know how that played that worked out last season. Um, bizarrely, a very good defender that no one took to, and he was, <laughs> despite having the armband, binned off as soon as possible. Um, so yeah, on right on Ryan Edwards, I think you can't trust Alan Nixon as far as you can throw him. There's going to be an agenda there. It's simple as that. Um, now, what that agenda is, who knows? Did that agenda, did that leak come from our end? You know, throw the throw the fans a bone. Is that what it is? Did it come from the players' end? Did it come from another club's end? Who knows? But there's always an agenda behind this sort of stuff. Um, I, I I will be very surprised if if Ryan Edwards is wearing the magic roundabout this year. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it might happen. You know, I think Nixon got the scoop on Murphy Mahoney a good week or so before that happened. So you know, he was regularly accurate back in the day but that one just for me screamed uh let's get his name out there and see what's out there and if if nobody takes the bait then off to swindon you go um i, I mean i keep an eye on the progress of other lee two side squads and it, it's tough to really get it spot on because first year pros are sometimes not listed or under-18s from last year are included in squad lists and stuff like that. So it's a very loose amount. But currently, Swindon's squad sits at 19, including, uh, you know, that doesn't include the players that have recently left the club on loan. And it includes two players that we know are injured for quite some time. So, <laughs> so technically, we've got 17 players available to us right now. Um, going into the final preseason, obviously they're going to make signings over Thursday and Friday. Now I've said that, but wow, even even for the most patient person, these numbers that they're, they're, they're quite low. We're the only team in the division not to have made a permanent signing um, thus far in the summer, and in terms of the total, only Wrexham have signed fewer. They've had one permanent, no loans, and we've had our two loans. So things are generally quite slow and it it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and September because there's going to be a lot of expectancy and cannot wait to hear the reaction um hopefully a good one uh, hopefully rich but but when you lay it out like that it's it, it sort of you know the, the 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 easiest way to quell the sort of the raging polarization among the fan base is just to lay out the facts it's just when you lay them out like that it is it's really hard not to sit here and think, why are we the only club being affected by this crazy market? Why are we the only club being, despite being very well located, the only club who can't sign players for, because of geographical reasons? Like, how how is everyone else doing it and we're not? The market is, the, as I said earlier, the market is the market and we are not competing in the market at the moment. So, yeah, of course, we have, it's absolutely our right to sit tight and maybe, maybe and I, I sincerely hope this is the case it's some it's some absolute stroke of genius and we're gonna we're gonna mop up um a a, a competitive league two side by by the by september the first but there is nothing factually there's nothing to suggest that's going to happen right now is there 
No, and and I think that's strengthened in my mind with the the third name that's churning through the the rumor mill, and that's Liam Kinsella, um, son of Mark. For those who who remember him, um, Republic of Ireland international of yesteryear, and I guess the question here because. Liam Kinsella, steady signing, 212 appearances across League One and League Two. 86% of those have been starts. Over the last five seasons, across the competitions, he's played 39 times, 40 times, 46 times, 35 times, and 43 times per season. So he's got a good fitness record. He's already been coached by Michael Flynn already. Is it a concern that he's only training at the moment for whatever reason and not signing a contract outright? Because I think that that speaks for itself, doesn't it? That sort of career. If you've played with Flynn, you've got a good fitness record. You've got tons of experience. I mean, he's not a blow your socks off signing. But surely if you've got this guy in, in, in the building, then let's talk. <laughs> who knows who knows Rich <laughs> look Liam Kinsella is a steady Eddie League 2 clogger right fine who knows he might be brilliant for us he might be bang average for us he, he's got a lot of games for a Walsall team that have been pretty poor over the last two or three seasons my only take on this he's clearly not on trial like that because what has he got? As you've just said there, what could he possibly have? To, what could Michael Flynn possibly learn in him trotting around Beaversbrook for a week that he's not learned by coaching him day in, day out for a whole season? Like, it's, it's, it's insane to suggest that he's there on trial. My only take on this is that we're, we're sort of preempting signing him by letting him train with us for fitness while we figure out how to pay him less. <laughs> which is just going to be a, which is just going to be a risk, right? And and who knows? Again, maybe 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 I'm the I'm the clown, and and we'll sign in the day before day before Colchester away, and we'll save ourselves two hundred quid a week in wages. And he would have had two weeks under the belt training with the team. If that if that's the plan, and the plan comes off. Uh, sort of smart, I suppose, but also really risky because literally at any point, all it takes is for another um, middling League Two side to have a CDM pick up a hamstring strain in training or pre-season. Liam Kinsella's available. Oh, he, he's proven. Great. Oh, and by the way, he's been training at Swindon for 10 days, so he's actually in good nick as well. Brilliant. Let's get, let's get, the, let's get the contracts out. Uh, you know, let's not hang around. Let's just do it. What are we waiting for? Yeah. What are we it, waiting for? It's not as if this hasn't happened this summer either for Swindon. Um, well, quite, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time this summer this has happened. In a position that's not a priority, he says, days after fielding a back three of Sonny Hart, uh, Harrison Minton and Tom Brewer. Brilliant. Not a priority. Uh that's the spirit, Terry. We've missed this. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, the vibe of the pod isn't, like, flappy. And I'll use this opportunity now. I think, you know, we are now privy to so many more fan opinions. And it has been quite a angsty uh, summer for the Swindon Town fan base with, with pretty much a line split with with the louder fans, either the ones that are outraged 
and worried or and a whole bunch of negative phrase and you've got the ones that are just that dreaded awful phrase is we're trusting the process and the the, the window is not shut yet and I'm I, I'm like many fans at the moment. I'm just play. I'm just watching it play out. You know, I, I've got a bad feeling, but that doesn't mean it's a, the right feeling. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen. And also, I want to be wrong. And I think there is an element of the more negative fans that seem just so giddy when things look bad. And we'll talk about that when when the Axis screenshots were were being distributed <laughs> a bit later on like you you get the sense like when i see those sort of things i don't think ha something's going wrong brilliant but some fans seemingly do but on the on the flip side i think i've seen more sort of aggressive tone from the more optimistic fans about other supporters this summer where like the notion of asking questions is unacceptable and unfair how dare you and when a little, you know, well, we'll get to it when Morfuni speaks a bit later, but like Morfuni coming out and saying something, that's it, case closed. It's the end of that chapter. It, it's, it's, it's very, very, very tense. And that for that reason, that's why I can't wait for Colchester away to emerge because whatever happens, if we win, we're happy. If we lose, football's back, baby. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're dead right. I, d- 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 just, um, again... So social media brings out the most the most extreme sides of either argument, right? I, I guarantee ninety percent of fans are similar in tone to you and I. Probably a little bit sort of deep down expecting us to be pretty crap this year based on a whole bunch of things. But also let's just see how it plays out. Who knows? And and most importantly, I really want to be wrong. I really want to be wrong. I really want Michael Flynn to be a fantastic appointment. I really want this this transfer process that we keep that we're told to trust to play out brilliantly, that, and, and fingers crossed it does. But the the really loud minorities on either end, as you said, it's just it's just nonstop. But the the, the one that, the, the people that drive me nuts are the ones that, as you said, who just the second you question anything, you just you just get told to shut up, basically. Um, and this comes right from this comes right from right from uh, across the fan base and, and even through official official fan organisations. It, it very much is the, the, the tone of voice very much a, it is just just stop questioning stuff, just shut up. Like what? You, like you don't know anything. Um, and Clem Clem deserves Clem deserves more than more than you guys moaning in the corner. So, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> a couple more bits and pieces about the squad before we go to behind the scenes stuff loans wise um Anton Dvorak a first year pro obviously and under 18 Sonny Hart have joined Gloucester for two months um I kind of expected both of them to be on the bench so that's hopefully a sign of activity um over the next week or so and Ricky Aguilar has rejoined Worthing for the season boy howdy Terry that that loan move has to work or he is finished um, I know he has a year left after this season, but Worthing is n- returning to the National League South. That wasn't in the plan uh, when he signed his long deal. A disastrous year. And I really hope he, he, get, he gets it back together at Wor- Worthing, but I can't see that being a great move for Swindon. Um, if he nails it, brilliant. He comes back and we have another look at him. But if that doesn't go to plan... 
well, how how do you how do you rebuild from that? Yeah, this is a real shame. This whole this whole story, I think, the career arc of of Ricky, I think, over the last year is just really just one of one of the sort of low key, most disappointing things that have happened with the squad. Um, you know, the, the 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 systemic dismantling of a competitive side takes the headlines. But you look at someone like Ricky, and you just think, what happened in the last twelve months behind the scenes to, for him to to fall off a cliff? In, in the way that he has done and fallen out of favour. And like, I really, really hope for his sake the, the move works out for him. And he, if he's even half at it compared to where he was 18 months ago, he will absolutely destroy that level. He will destroy that level. Um, and, and I really hope he does because if nothing else, then he'll get a, he'll get a decent move to, to National League may, maybe next summer or in January. And he can start rebuilding his career. The, the boy needs to play football, and I just think it's a real shame that he's not playing football here. I, I very much was dreaming that Michael Flynn did Michael Flynn things to him in the same way that he did to Scott Twine. I just thought that that was that was sort of that was my uh, dream scenario, and it's just gone completely opposite direction. Um, so no, it'll be it'll be an interesting one to watch play out, but. If he's even half as, if, like I said, if he's even half at the level he was 18 months ago, he'll destroy that level. Yeah. Well, good luck to him in that respect. Let's move behind the scenes while we still can, where uh, Swindon have finished mid table in the Fair Play Index, um, a selection of categories that the club, amongst everybody else in the Football League and Premier League, are judged on financial sustainability, governance, fan engagement, equality standards, and an overall fair game index average. It was a bit of a tricky one to understand because they included Port Vale in League Two instead of Crew. So I'm going to in, sort of take out Port Vale and include Crew in this because there's no reason why that should have been the case. So in in the Crew version, we finished 14th in League Two on sustainability, financial sustainability, uh, 10th on governance, 8th uh, with fan engagement, and a lowly 20th with equality standard leaving us in mid-table overall in a 13th position, I believe. The club said that we will work on this going forwards and understand further the ranking process that Fair Game have used. In respect to pay to staff, we have a number of staff that we pay well in excess of the national minimum wage, and some staff are on the national minimum wage, just like many other businesses. So not the greatest feedback. And the reason I think I... A few people have messaged me to sort of say, "Can you include this and discuss it?" I think there there was a there was one recently where we did all right on a fan engagement one where we we rocketed up, and the club did a lap of honor, fairly so in regards to <laughs> yeah. it. But run run by some fella in his in his man shed in bloody like arse Ex- end of nowhere. Exactly, but <laughs> this one they've been a bit more dismissive about. Acknowledged it, but. Not not really um, given us much more about it, but plenty to work on. Yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know a load about this. My my instinct is the fair, is fair game and the fair play index is significantly more credible than the previous unnamed one that we celebrated rocketing up. Is, is that a is that a fair yes a fair yeah. assumption? Um, so it does it does seem a little churlish to uh, blow your own trumpet on some made up nonsense, but. But the one that actually matters, basically dismiss. I haven't read through this in detail. The one thing that, that 
that pissed me off more than anything about this whole thing was that quote in response to the national living wage. Any business not paying national living wage needs to take a long, hard look at themselves. But to be so dismissive by saying other companies do it, whatever, is absolutely grim, 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 grim. This was brought up in advisory board notes, I think, um, back in maybe February, March, can't remember. Certainly early this year, I remember seeing it in the questions. And again, they were very dismissive, but exactly the same answer. We pay some, I love this idea, we pay some people more than the national minimum wage and some people the national minimum wage. Yes, you're a football club. I never thought you were paying Rob Angus and Charlie Austin <laughs> minimum wage, mate. But what I would like to know is why Why do you not find it acceptable to pay people the national living wage during a cost of living crisis? That's not okay. Yeah, and, and and we'll move on from that, but hopefully they, they do work with that and we see improvement um, next year when we look at that uh, particular index. Finally, Clem Fooney has reappeared and he had every need to because information was starting to distribute that Axis might be in a little bit of bother um, and he was quick to, to refute that. Um, talking to Andrew Halls on BBC Radio Wiltshire. Mulfooney's an interesting one because we all know he's not comfortable talking seriously about matters. He was much more confident talking about Axis, understandably, than he does about anything really with football. I don't. I, I see him as a as a big football fan, but when it comes to football business, he does lean towards the buzzwords that we hear over the last two years. Sometimes when they're not even making sense and and really relevant to the situation. Um, there were a couple of articles, one in, in in relation to the UK business and one in regards to Australia. They didn't really answer the UK and swerved that in the statement and it wasn't mentioned in in Andrew Hawes's interview either but fans got themselves in an awful tears over this both sides because you can't you know you just got worry met by you know it turns out that everyone's uh, experts in Australian business um and and all that jazz but it was good that the club came out and and sorted this to the best of their ability but there's still a few question marks on this yeah a bit of a funny one wasn't it I mean I I Unlike um, some of our fans on social media, I, I don't pretend to be a, an expert on, on much of this stuff. So when I saw the screenshots, I didn't really. I think I think four or five of us in the in our in our WhatsApp group all said the same thing, right? Send the screenshots in and go. Does anyone know what this means? Yeah. Um, rather than immediately going, this is really bad news, or this is completely normal and nothing to worry about. I still don't really know where where we where we are on that scale. Um, it was great to hear from Clem. It's great, great to, you know, it's been a while. Um, it's, it, there, was, there wasn't a great deal in the interview that sort of, it was 16 minutes of I'm being a bit harsh, but saying not much. Um, he sort of went into some detail about why this just isn't something to worry about. And it seems like it isn't something to worry about from his point of view. So that, that that's sort of good enough for me. But there wasn't, a great deal of detail and I guess the frustrating thing is why has it taken some corporate restructuring and screenshots of companies house or wherever for us to hear from the owner for the first time this summer that's the thing that's that's the real well, that's the real question here yeah um, and, in and the he same did way acknowledge that, that didn't he? He's, he, he, he 
Yeah, he did. But he, he also we also rearranged a fans forum that is a um that is a requirement of the football league and listed in our customer charter. Um that and we rearranged it so Clem could come and he's not coming. And it's just it's these things that sort of start racking up and it's just it's just really frustrating that it took what frankly was I I turned out a bit to be a bit of nonsense for him to actually get you know communicate with the fans and, and that's the bit that needs to change. It doesn't have to be him. I know that he's not comfortable doing it and not every owner is comfortable, but there has to be a joined up engagement strategy um at some point that if it's not him it's someone else. Agreed. Agreed on all points. So there we go. That that, that I think we we've covered everything from a busy week. Hopes for the next few days. Hopes for next. So is it? We've got ten days to kick off, right? Yeah. Is that is that correct? Um, hopes for the next ten days. Something, anything to suggest we might actually compete in this division this year. Yes, please. That will be lovely. Well, I'm on holiday now for a couple of weeks, so JR's taking over. So until next time, Terry. Thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.